think of every pressure on the quarterback, you're buying a pull tab. Right? Pressures are good. Pull tabs are a blast. And if you buy enough of them, eventually you're going to win some money back. And if you pressure the quarterback enough times, eventually the sacks are going to come. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. I know this is a short week for the Packers, and they played on Sunday, turn around, play again on Thursday night. This week feels like it's taken forever, right? Am I the only one? Feels like the fastest four-day turnaround to Thursday night football ever. Normally, it feels like it's really quick. You play, you turn around. Uh, we're gonna, we gotta go again. There's injuries, but this week with the COVID stuff, and especially with their defensive coordinator, which changes things, it feels like we've had to think about this game a million different ways and consider a million different things. I, I just want this game to start. Let's go. I, I said yesterday, I'm not really obsessing over the result of this game. If the Packers lose by three and it's a great game, they lose by five or six and it's a great game, I, you know, whatever, I'll sleep great tonight. Nothing get blown out. That's a different conversation. But if this is a great game and the Packers are competitive, I honestly don't even really care if they win. And I don't know if that's a bad take. Or some will hate it. Some old-fashioned sports fans will hate it. I just... With all the injuries they have, with everything going on, with COVID, with the short week, it, just make this a competitive game. Show that you belong on the same field as the Cardinals. Even when you're under ban, I'll be content. I'll be happy. Think of it this way. Here's a question to ponder until kickoff. What is the margin of error? Or not the margin of error. The margin, if the Packers are loose tonight, what's the margin of defeat that you find unacceptable? They lose by three. Okay. Lose by six. Okay. What does the number have to get to? Right? What does the margin have to reach before you're unhappy? Even considering all of the players that are out for the Packers. Just think about that. I think we need to get that nailed down in our mind before going into tonight's game. So we then know how to watch tonight's game so that we know how to react to it. Right? Think about that throughout the show up until kickoff. Maybe we'll come back to that. What's the margin of defeat that then becomes unacceptable tonight, even considering all the injuries. Something to think about. Going to preview that game a lot tonight. Obviously, a lot of Packers Cardinals tonight. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We did it. We made it to Thursday night. It feels like this week has been 10 or 12 days long. It's never ending. A lot of previewing for Packers Cardinals tonight. I tried to think of some unique ways to contextualize this game. So what I actually did was I went back and I watched a couple of other games where the Packers have been banged up or behind the eight ball in whatever way because of injuries or a short week or whatever. Two games came to mind. The 2015 playoff game in Arizona against the Cardinals when all the wide receivers were hurt, and he's throwing to Jared Aberderis and Jeff Janis, right? Remember this? Nettie Lacey was way overweight. I rewatched a lot of that game just to kind of get a sense of how that went. Another game that came to mind, the Patriots game in 2010. Remember that? The Matt Flynn game on Sunday night. And actually, I went back and I watched that game, and I was like, wow, I I remember this differently. I remember the playoff game in Arizona differently, too. I'm glad I went back and I watched those games to try to get an idea of how the Packers have performed behind the eight ball in the past. Or, oh, they're playing with house money. How did it go? I went back and I watched a couple games, get a little context for what we might be in for tonight. I did some more research on Arizona, so I'm hoping it's not going to be the same conversation today that we've had the last couple of days. One guarantee I can make, Mike Clements is going to join us, and he will hit us with a bunch of original uh, and fresh content, basically right before kickoff. He's going to join us at 5.30 to give us a final update on what he's heard from coaches 
and players this week. He'll give us a final update who's in and who's out. I think we know for the most part who's going to play and who's not going to play, but maybe Mike can give us maybe an insight into strategy and how they're using which player and in which role and practice and who's been talked about. So that's going to be coming up at 530. You're welcome to join the show. Text me, 608-796-2558. Holy balls, the Monona crew is texting in. Mike and Monona and Dave and Monona already. And I knew, Dave, I knew you'd be triggered by this. He's already mad that I said I'd be okay with the Packers losing. I, I don't need your, I, I cannot read the analogy you made. It's, it's not appropriate, Dave. I, I think we need to put some context to this. I'm not going to lose my mind if the Packers lose by three tonight. Obviously, I want them to win. Obviously, they're my favorite team. I got my Packers crew neck on today. But if they lose by three, I'm not going to lose my mind tomorrow. They lose by six. I'm not going to lose my mind tomorrow. Show me you belong on the same field, and you can compete even with the injuries because let's be real, last year when they went to Tampa Bay, they didn't belong in that game. Two years ago when they went to San Fran, they didn't belong in that game. Denver and Arizona in 2015, they didn't belong in that game. Show me you belong tonight, and then we can talk about the details tomorrow. That doesn't mean I want them to lose, and I knew you'd be triggered by that, Dave. I almost called you out by name, but you ended up texting anyways, so sorry. Margin of error, margin of victory. I keep saying error. Margin of victory is a little bit more important, or margin of loss. If you lose by 14, we'll have that conversation tomorrow. We're going to talk a lot, a lot about the Packers tonight, but I actually want to start with something else. I want to start with basketball because I, I think we've done Packers-Cardinals so much, and we're going to do it plenty tonight. I, I want to take a break and do something else for a sec. I'm thinking we need some continuity on this show, some structure, because I'm, I'm a free spirit. I'm, I'm a loose cannon. I'm a hippie a little bit, uh, but only to a certain degree. And I'm thinking today about all the big-time radio talk shows, especially the ones with solo hosts, right? So I'm thinking a cowherd show. Once a week, do the herd hierarchy. Same time, same day, every week. They do every Monday, I think it is. Colin right, Colin wrong, where he admits about things he's right to, things he's wrong about. Segments, right? Structure. Planning. For my sanity, I think we need a little bit more of that on this show. Like, hey, this time every week we're going to do this. This day every week we're going to do this. I, I need I, I need something to anchor myself to. It's like, um, it, it's like if you're going to bed, you're in your bedroom and it's pitch black. I need some, I need a point of reference. So I like having an alarm clock. I, I understand I can check my phone for the time and I can set an alarm on there, but I need a, a red alarm clock on the bookshelf. So when I roll over in the pitch black, I know, okay, that's that side of my room, which means here is, I, I need something to orient myself. Otherwise I feel like I'm spinning in outer space in my pitch black bedroom at night. So I need, I need a, a, a point of reference. It's the alarm clock. We need more points of reference on this show or I'm going to start losing my mind. And I started thinking, well, how about every Thursday we lead the Thursday show by talking about basketball? Because there hasn't been an NBA or an NFL game since Monday or Sunday. There will be another game tonight, but we can talk about that tomorrow. This is a good point in the week where we can catch up on basketball, talk a little bit about the Bucks, And then tomorrow we'll talk about Thursday night football, and we'll preview the, the weekend games for football. So I think Thursday, to start the show, we're going to do an NBA regular season update, a roundup. Right, Like, hey, this is what's been going on. This is what I've been noticing. This is what sticks out. I want to start with the Bucks and what happened last night. They played the Wolves. I'm going to mention a few other teams, and then I have a big-picture takeaway at the end, a big-picture thing on the state of the NBA one week into a very, very, obviously, young season in 2021. Bucks-Wolves played last night, and the Wolves won. First game in Pfizer form, the Wolves won. They won 113-108. It congrats to the Wolves. Good for the Wolves. They deserve a good basketball team in the Twin Cities. They got a good D'Angelo Russell game. 
Last night, he had 29. Up until this point, he'd scored 22, 12, and 9. So by far, his best game of the season. He was efficient for D'Angelo Russell. He was still 3 of 11 for 3. But that's the kind of player he is. Got a good D'Angelo Russell game. Carl Anthony Towns hit his threes. I love Anthony Edwards. Good for the Wolves. Good game. Of course, the Bucks were missing two starters. Their point guard, their center. Three, if you count Dante DiVincenzo. But yeah, good for, good for the Wolves. Good for Minnesota. I've, I've always said, if you listen to the show, I've always said that the first step to getting out of the lottery is beating a contending team that's missing three starters. The Wolves did that. I've, I've always said that. That's my metric for getting out of the lottery. And Minnesota has perennially, yearly, annually, been in the lottery, at least when they don't trade their picks away for dumb reasons, which they've done in the past, too, like offload Wiggins or to get Jimmy Butler or whatever. Good for, good, for, good for Minnesota, though. Brooke, who was out last night, and Drew Holiday, who was out last night, they both add so much defensively. I think the Bucks win going away last night if Brooke Lopez and Drew Holiday play and don't score. If they get zero points from Brooke Lopez and Drew Holiday last night, but they play, the Bucks win going away. Less to do on defense for Giannis, who went for 40 last night. He was outstanding. And Chris Middleton, less to do on defense for him. Chris Middleton was clutch as hell last night. He almost stole the game at the way anyways, right at the end, by making some huge buckets. Crazy three-point shot at the end, and getting in, attacking the rack. Like, clutch. Man's got confidence in the closing minutes now, especially after that playoff run. But I, I digress. Good for the Wolves. I... I don't mean to sound sarcastic. I am happy for the Wolves. I'm glad that this number one overall pick, Anthony Edwards, can toughen up Carl Anthony Towns, who is also a number one pick. Uh, because the 2014 number one overall pick, Wiggins, he, he couldn't do it, and Jimmy Butler couldn't do it, and five coaches since then couldn't do it. Flip Saunders and Sam Mitchell and Tibbs and Ryan Saunders. And now, now Chris Finch seems like he can do it. Glad he's finally playing like a man. Because for years, he... He didn't, but I'm but I'm glad this number one overall pick is going to be the pick to do it for the Wolves, just oozing with confidence over this team. Great, happy for the Wolves last night. Really impressive win. I didn't know there were so many T Wolves fans in existence. I heard from so many today. It's kind of nice. Got to figure out who actually watches the Wolves. At least watched last night. Couple of a sorry, I did. Screw the Wolves, man. What a what a pathetic organization. I want to talk about a couple other of these games, especially last night, and then I have a big picture NBA takeaway before we get into basketball. Or we get into football, rather. Lakers Thunder last night. You mean to tell me? Really? Russell Westbrook? The experience has been clunky? Shocking. Shocking. It's next. Russell Wilson still doesn't have an MVP vote. These are givens. Grass is green. Water is wet. And Russell Westbrook is not going well on his new team. Any other contender adds Russell Westbrook as a potential final piece? Like if the Nuggets were to try to do it or the Suns were to try to do it, or the Sixers were to try to do it, we'd laugh. But the Lakers do it. Well, of course, they must. They must know something that we don't. They're the Lakers. They're all-knowing. And they do have LeBron, which might be the final trump card in all of this because LeBron can make just about anything work, but you get my point. Last night, the Lakers were playing against the Thunder, who are garbage. They're the youngest team in the league. Now they have a plan moving forward, but they're terrible. The Lakers blew a 26-point lead. At one point, they led 56-30, to 30, and after that point, they were outscored 93-59. to 59. And Russell Westbrook, who we talked about, who took a bigger role last night given LeBron wasn't playing, he went 5-14 of 14 down the stretch with three assists, eight turnovers, and then got ejected because some 20-year-old for the Thunder dunked the ball at the end. and That's just unholy. We don't do that. And it wasn't just Russ. 
The Lakers have too many guys, and that's what they're working through right now. They're trying to figure out who's going to play and who's not going to play. And all of these players came to the Lakers, right? Ariza and Melo and Malik Monk and Rondo. And you start to look around. And you're just like, okay, it's great. You guys are all excited to be Lakers, but you can't all play. So they're working on figuring that out, as many NBA teams are. We're only a week in. The Suns and the Kings. The Suns last night lost to my West Coast team, my Sacramento Kings. And the Suns are having a little bit of a finals hangover. They really just can't seem to get it going. And when a team can't get it going and a team is pressing, it seems like nothing is going right. And it seems like nothing will ever go right. You know this. When the Bucks are on a losing streak, when they've lost three or four in a row, and it seems like you'll never win again. And it's the same with the Brewers. It's like, wait, this guy is beating us? The when the Remember when the Brewers lost to the Reds a couple of years ago and that, was his name, Kyle Van Meter? Walked him off. It's like, wait, this guy? Yeah. It's one of those weeks for the Brewers. That's what the, the Suns are going through right now. You know that it's it's tough going when Alex Lenz starts canning threes and Harrison Barnes starts banging in buzzer beaters with one second left on the clock. Like, it's, it's not the Suns' time right now. They're working through it. The Suns are slowly but surely. They're warming up. They're working through some DeAndre Ayton contract drama, and they're figuring out their rotation. The Celtics going through a similar thing. They're trying to figure out if this is Jason Tatum's team or if it's more of an equal partnership between Brown and Tatum. That's always a weird thing to try to figure out, right? LeBron and Kyrie went through that at times. LeBron is one of the greatest of all time, and Kyrie is his own thing. But sometimes you have two really good players, and it's supposed to be the one player's team, but they're both so good. How do we work through that dynamic? That can be clunky. The Mavericks the other night played all 15 guys because their leadership council, quote-unquote, quoting Jason Kidd, uh, wanted that. It's a bit excessive, but they're still figuring out their rotation as well. Lots of teams are figuring things out a weekend, and I love it because in 2021, that's okay. This season is unique over last season and the season before. This season is really different than any season going all the way back to when LeBron James first joined the Miami Heat, or maybe Boston configured their big three in the mid to late 2000s, right? This season, we can kind of accept the imperfections of all of these contending teams that aren't the favorites, like the seeds two through six. We can look at these teams and critically talk about them and their championship chances. The Lakers, oh, the Lakers rolled. Oh, that's okay. That's fine. The Mavericks, they have an idiot coach. It's fine. They have Luka. The Suns are lagging. It's fine. Because in 2021, there isn't some lame trump card super team that relegates everyone else. Right? Three years ago, when it was Cavs, when it was Warriors with Kevin Durant, or 10 years ago, when the Miami Heat were the ultimate trump card, or even going back to the big three in Boston. And, of course, I'm talking about Rondo and Brandon Bass. and uh, <laughs> No, not quite. Ray Allen. Obviously, Kevin uh, Garnett and Paul Pierce, right? These super teams really made everything else a moot point. Like, no one two years ago would waste time talking about when Jamal Murray's coming back. Oh, well, if Jamal Murray can just come back and he can give the offense and, and Michael Porter Jr. will then have more confidence, well, it won't matter because Kevin Durant's on the Warriors and it doesn't really matter what the Nuggets do. But this year's different. There is no Warriors team that's the ultimate trump card. There, there's no Miami Heat. There's no Cleveland Cavaliers team, which they weren't as good as the Warriors, but still really, really good and basically impossible to beat for any of those middle-of-the-pack teams in the East over the last five or six years. The Bucks, one of them, right? We wouldn't waste time worrying about the Knicks at all four years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, even with Melo when they made the playoffs that one time as the eight seed. But now it's different. And this is what I got to thinking about last night after watching a couple of these games and kind of catching up on the NBA for the week. In 2021, 
because Kyrie Irving is not playing, and because Kevin Durant left Golden State, and because LeBron left Miami, and because Kawhi is hurt as well, although Kawhi being healthy for the Clippers, I don't think would would contradict this. We don't fear super teams anymore. We fear superstars. If you want to get out of the East, you don't have to go through the super team heat. You just got to go through Giannis. You got to go through Embiid. You have to go through Kevin Durant. That's a lot more fun. If you want to get out of the West, how do we beat the duo of LeBron and Anthony Davis? They're a mortal team just like everybody else, but they have two great superstars. How do we deal with them? How do we get past the Suns who are really, really deep and a good combination of size and strength and experience and young up-and-coming talent like Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton hasn't signed his rookie extension yet, but Mikhail Bridges just did the 4-for-90 thing, right? We don't fear super teams anymore. We fear superstars, and that's how the NBA should be because it's the league that's driven by superstars, much more so than baseball, much more so than football. If you want to win a title, you don't have to go through the Miami Heat or the stupid Cleveland Cavaliers or the stupid Kevin Durant Super Team Warriors. You need to get past the superstars, which is really the point of the NBA. After all, which is why all of these teams are interesting and all of these stories are interesting instead of it's the Cavs, it's the Warriors, and everybody else is simply playing for four or five years down the road. And I love it. Let's get into the Packers because I have a feeling that some of you are already sick of basketball and we want to get to Packers Cardinals. And I get it. And for the rest of the show, that's what we're going to talk about. I actually want to talk about gambling lines coming up next. The where uh, or the way that this line started in one place, moved to another number, and then moved back. It tells us a lot about the story of this very long, endless four days leading up to this game. Feels like it's been a week or more, not just three or four days since the Packers last played. Let's talk about that coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show that's it that's all had to say my piece about the nba now we can talk about the packers although we have a couple of texts might as well uh get him in here mitch and madison sons need to pay Aiton, even though he got exposed against Giannis. Aiton's great i don't know what more the Suns could have wanted from him in the postseason last year he didn't have a backup to spell him so he had to play extra careful with the fouls too especially after Saric got hurt I, yeah, I don't know what more they could have wanted to see from Aiden. Makes his free throws. It's good offensively. He's a house defensively. He abused and used Nikola Jokic. And no one's stopping Giannis. No one. So I don't know why they're signing checks for Landry Shamit and not DeAndre Ayton. But then again, it's the Suns. Bob Stock. Westbrook had a quadruple double last night. Yeah, he did. Points, assists, rebounds, and turnovers. It wasn't all on Westbrook, but... We've seen this Westbrook thing too many times, right? Where his team is playing well, and then his team melts down, and then he gets into it with someone, a fan, a player at the end, and that kind of puts the attention on him. Can't say that I feel bad for Russell Westbrook. I don't know. Why are you always trying to fight everyone, man? Young kid wanted to dunk. Just let it go. Although, it does set up a brilliant storyline for next week because the Thunder visit the Lakers at Staples Center next week, and LeBron's probably going to play. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Lakers absolutely lay the smackdown on Oklahoma City next week. I mean, they probably should. The spread will be like 12, 13, 14 points. So it won't be a shocker when the Lakers use and abuse the Thunder next week. But after that dunk, it sets up kind of a fun storyline for a game that I don't think 
I would otherwise be watching. 608-796-2558. That's the talk and text line. My name is Grant Bills, and you can find me on Twitter and tweet me at Wisco Grant. I know the Packers are playing on a short week, and I said this to start the show. It feels like we packed so much into the last four days. And if you look at the line movement just since Sunday, it's been a roller coaster, right? And that reflects all of the stories and all of the injuries and all the ups and downs just between Sunday night and Thursday afternoon where we are now. Sunday night, thinking of this matchup, Cardinals minus three and a half. That's where it starts, right? Can the Packers cover a little bit more than a field goal? Do I have confidence in them beating that number or winning outright? No, I do not. That was kind of my first frame of reference. First real test for Green Bay. They're more than a field goal underdog on a short week on the road. And then we get into Monday. Joe Barry's out. And I think we all thought the same thing when we read that news. We're like, okay. Um, guess I've never really considered what it's like to be without a defensive coordinator. How big of a difference does that make? And maybe we'll see tonight. I'm interested to see if we see concrete examples where we're like, oh, that okay, yep, you can see there's confusion. You can see the call didn't get in quick enough. The, the call, I guess, is going to go from Jerry Gray to Olivadotti into Devondre Campbell, who wears the Mike helmet, who's still healthy. Thank God. <laughs> one guy the Packers. Like, right, right now, other than Aaron Rodgers, who's the one guy the Packers can't afford to lose? Probably start with Aaron Jones, maybe Eric Stokes, and then probably Devondre Campbell. I might even have Campbell higher than those two guys just because A.J. Dillon and um, who's the, the other running back they drafted, whose name I, of course, now can't remember. Not Kyrie Thornton the other guy. Kylan Hill. See, they sound the same. One of the most valuable players left on this team who's not already hurt. So they lose Joe Barry, and I don't really know what kind of impact that has. And then it's announced that Devontae Adams is going to miss the game. The line shifts to six and a half. I don't think we've talked enough this week about how wild that is. Lines don't move like that for non-quarterbacks. And maybe that extra three points is reflective of both Joe Barry and Devontae Adams, or maybe that line was just trying to get out in front it's like, hey, we don't expect Devontae Adams to be the only one to come down with COVID and miss this game, so we're going to inflate this number just a little bit right off the bat to get in front of it. I don't know. And then, of course, it was announced Alan Lazard is going to miss the game, too, and the line didn't move any further. It's still at six and a half. But lines don't just move three full points because a wide receiver gets hurt. Lines sometimes don't move that much for quarterbacks. I was looking into this last week when it was announced that Baker Mayfield was going to miss Thursday night football. The line went from Cleveland minus two or minus four, rather, to minus two. So a two-point swing. Now, I understand that Baker Mayfield is not as good of a cornerback as Devontae Adams is as good of a wide receiver, but two points of line movement for the most important position in professional sports, you get three for Devontae Adams. Maybe that's just to juice up the action because they weren't getting a whole lot on the Packers, so they... They make that number way bigger. I don't know. I'm hardly a betting expert. I'm just fascinated by how much this number has moved because of a non-quarterback absence. The one thing if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, then the line's way out. I mean, it's a different ballgame altogether if you're betting this thing. Missing just Devontae Adams, you typically don't see lines move that far. I hope none of you are betting this game and laying six and a half with Arizona yesterday or today when you could have had it at three and a half when this opened on Sunday night or Monday morning. This is a lesson to always bet early rather than late. Now, props or overs or or other things, I mean, and you can watch how things fluctuate throughout the week. Don't get me wrong. But if you liked the Packers to cover the three and a half, or especially if you liked the Cardinals to cover the three and a half, then bet them at three and a half. Don't, Don't wait. 
three and a half is a pretty good number. Now it didn't cross that uh, uh, that field goal threshold, right? We're at three and a half, which is a big difference from two and a half or three. But if you like the Falcons or the Cardinals, rather, I hope you jumped on that, and I hope you're not laying money at six and a half now when you could have had that extra three points later on in the week. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. BetMGM, as of this morning, I found this statistic. 60% of the money is coming in on the Cardinals. I hope not all of that money is coming in today because it would have been a lot smarter to bet the Cardinals immediately as soon as that three and a half came out. Maybe bet something else. I was looking at some of the props, and sometimes these can be illustrative of how a team might come up with a game plan or how they might try to run their offense. You can get even juice right now over under Aaron Rodgers, 11 and a half rushing yards. I think it's like minus 120 to both sides, minus 110 to both sides. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't rush for at least 12 yards tonight, I'll be floored. He was talking in his presser earlier this week. It's nice to get those double-digit runs. Well, a 12-yard rush would would constitute that. I'd be floored if he doesn't at least have 12 rushing yards. Over under 11.5, even juice to both sides. I hammer the over. DraftKings has Mercedes Lewis over under at 1.5 catches. It's juiced a little to the under, but... I don't see a way that Mercedes Lewis doesn't have two catches in this game, right? So if you want to bet, don't bet the Cardinals to cover at six and a half. If you wanted to bet the Cardinals to cover, you should have done it early this week. And if you haven't and you still have money and you're like, this is burning a hole in my pocket, I want to bet, don't bet the Cardinals. Bet some props. There's always easy props and you can make a little bit of, you can make beer money back. Make money to go out to the club, get some drinks, get some touch tunes credits, have a great time, get a slice of pizza afterwards. Just bet props. Some of these are pretty low risk and pretty easy. When a catch and a half is the over-under for Mercedes Lewis in a game where the Packers don't have their top three wide receivers, I'm, I like that. When the rushing prop for Aaron Rodgers is 11 and a half yards, the equal juice to both sides, yeah, I think I'm going to bet that. In a game where Aaron Rodgers doesn't have his top three targets, I think I'm all over that. And Aaron Rodgers seems intent on running when he can. So I think that number is a pretty solid bet to go. Coming back after this, I want to talk about some of the absences the Cardinals have, most notably J.J. Watt, who I, this man keeps me up at night. This is how much I can't stand him. We'll talk about his absence and what that does to the Cardinals. Also going to hear a couple of different things from Matt LaFleur about MBS, about Malik Taylor, and about the game plan once they learned that Devontae Adams is going to miss this game. All of that coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We're an hour away from talking to Mike Clemens, our ringer, our insider, our voice of reason, our everything. We are, where's the clock? What time is it? 4.30? Does that mean we're three hours away from kickoff, pert near? Three hours too long. We need to we need to light this candle. We need to start this game already. I, I just think we know what's going down tonight. Packers tweak their game plan. They're gonna have to run the ball. Aaron Jones is gonna have to do his thing. They're behind the eight ball. They're on a short week. Everything is stacked against them. Let's let's just go. We we know the deal. Let's let's light this candle already. The question to keep in the back of your mind, and maybe it's something we'll talk about right before we wrap up at six o'clock. The margin of defeat that you would find unacceptable. I think most of us are on the same page that we wouldn't be angry. We wouldn't be distraught. We wouldn't be depressed or upset if the Packers lost by one or two or three. Now, of course, it depends on how that final score comes to be. But when I say that, we assume the Packers lose 
you know, 35-31 in a game that goes right down to the wire. That's what I'm picturing, right? I don't think any of us would be upset if that were the case because we'd watch this game and think, okay, short week, now we got a mini-buy. This team's going to continue to get healthier. Most of their best players are hurt right now. And they show that they belong. Now, if they come into this game tonight and they're outclassed and it's a rehash of San Fran or Tampa or if we go back to 2015, it happened twice with Arizona in week 15, maybe that was week 16, when they got blown out in Denver when they went out there and Aaron Rodgers looked like he didn't have a hope or a prayer, or 2016 when they opened the season, I think, in Atlanta, or maybe that was 2017. You get my point. There's plenty of these primetime hyped-up matchups the last five or six years with the Packers where they, just, they don't belong on the same field. Now, if that happens tonight, I will be disappointed. Injuries, of course, factored in. I want them to look like they belong. That doesn't mean they need to win. That means they need to hold serve. So I'm trying to figure out what number, where is the cutoff? If you lose by more than 14, I'll be upset. If you lose by more than 10, of course, context is everything. We'll have to see how the game comes to be and what exactly happens. So it's tough. But I'm just thinking, points-wise, what window are we looking for, Packers fans, tonight? What's the window that won't make us too terribly upset? The talk and text line is 608-796-2558. Twitter is at Wisco Grant. If you'd like to call in, text in, tweet in, and talk Packers. I just, for a moment, oh, I gave myself a headache thinking about this last night and more today. I especially want to address our Madison audience um, because this is tough uh, for, for you. This is not tough for me, but this could be tough for you. So I want you to buckle in and bear with me. I cannot stand J.J. Watt. Now, you know I can't stand Russell Wilson either, but that's its own thing. We're not talking about that right now. I cannot stand J.J. Watt. And I feel like we did this conversation in a mini version right before the season when he was doing his free agency thing and he's tweeting about it. Like, I haven't, you know, I, I, it takes me longer than this to come up with my order at Chipotle. Like, guys, I'm going to take my time, pick my team. You know what? Shut up. All right. You're not funny. You're not funny. And then when he made the announcement that he was going to Arizona, he was like, source me. It's like, pound sand, dude, you loser. He's the worst. He annoys me. And if you remember this cut from last week, some camera just happened to be recording him on the sideline when he went on this rant about how no, nobody takes him seriously and everybody's making excuses for why they're undefeated. And maybe it's just because we're better. How about instead of making excuses for why we win, maybe we're just better. Yeah. Maybe we're just better. Yeah. They win because of this. They win because of that. that. Maybe we're just a little bit right. Yeah. Yeah, JJ. Oh, it's so sick. Oh. Get the out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah, swear a little more. Yeah, you're so tough. You're so tough. Wow, what a leader. What a, you're exactly the veteran leader that team needed to add. Culture completely changed. Well done, JJ Watt. Really good job. Oh, you didn't have your coach. Cliff Kingsbury is a potato. Man, such a bad in-game manager. Probably were better off without him in that game. Maybe we were just better. He says as they beat the brakes off the Houston Texans. Nice. Remember last year when all of the Steelers players got really butthurt and they started attacking sports media people, especially, I remember they went to war with Pro Football Focus, which the PFF guys, they know what they're doing. So I'm not going to completely say that it was uh, without good reason. But all the Steelers players, Eric Ebron and Bud Dupree, they started attacking PFF guys on Twitter because a bunch of the pro football focus guys were like, well, the Steelers are 11-0, but they're actually not that good. They're very overrated, and we should now start to fade them when we bet them on a weekly basis. And all the Steelers players are like, what a bunch of losers. 
right? And Chase Claypool is like, huh, losing? Never heard of her. Well, after that moment, they lost four of five, including three in a row, to the Washington football team, to the Bengals, not your grandma's Bengals that we're watching this year who were really good, but the Ryan Finley-led Bengals. And then they got smashed by Cleveland in the playoffs. They were down like 21-0, 27-0, whatever the score would be. Man, it would be a shame if the same thing happened to the Cardinals. Oh, it would be. Although, J.J. Watt's hurt. He's going to miss the rest of the season now. I don't really have beef with the Cardinals. I do have beef with J.J. Watt. Big time. You see all these reports about his injury today? Part of me thinks that this man is happy to be injured. Listen to some of these reports. Okay. Okay. This is what Schefter tweeted last night. Cardinals defensive end J.J. Watt will undergo what is now likely to be season-ending shoulder surgery. Sources tell ESPN. No date yet. Watt hurt his shoulder in the second quarter Sunday and still managed to play the rest of the game with injury. (laughs) Incredible. Wow. That part just had to be tagged on there. I wonder where that info came from. Ian Rappaport tweeted today, how serious does an injury have to be to sideline J.J. Watt? Sources say he tore his labrum, bicep, and his rotator cuff and dislocated his shoulder. Watt was playing some of his best football and helped change the culture for the undefeated Arizona team. You know who changed the culture of this Arizona team? Kyler Murray. Thanks to literally no one else. No thanks to Cliff Kingsbury, who's taken forever to become an outstanding NFL coach. Like, they just, like, Kyler Murray. That, he's the guy. J.J. Why? Just why? Why is it that J.J. Watt's like, hey, Schefter, I'll give you the injury report, but make sure in the tweet you mentioned that I played the rest of the game because I'm a warrior. And that's what I do because that's what I do for my team. Maybe we're just better. Wow. I could see the culture changing in that game on Sunday. I could see the culture completely flipping as you were in a war with the Houston Texans and Davis Mills, an absolute juggernaut, no doubt and a hell of a resume-building win. God, maybe I'm off base here. This is my personal feeling. I don't expect you to have to agree with me on J.J. Watt. I just, it's just a little bit much. It's just a little bit much. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Never met him. But just the public aura, and this is all we have to go off with celebrities. God, drives me up a wall. Oh, it's so annoying. The, the people who are always like, how do they always seem to be saying something crazy when they're mic'd up or inspirational when they're on camera? He's just one of those guys. So the phone is ringing, uh, and we're going to take calls. If you want to call in and rip me for being a J.J. Watt hater, I guess I've earned that after the last five or six minutes of ranting. Let's go to the phone, 608-796-2558. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Jason and lacrosse. Jason and lacrosse. Hello, Jason. What's up? Hey, I just wanted to say that's an awesome rant you just did on J.J. Watt. <laughs> okay. and you, are, you, are, you are spot on about Kyler Murray responsible for changing that culture, yeah, period. Yeah, a stud. I thought someone was going to call and it's like, I was their neighbor in Pewaukee, and they are the salt <laughs> of the earth. I'm like, oh, God, here we go, but I guess I invited oh, no. it. Okay, good. No, yeah. no, fully support. Good take, Grant. Good okay, take. thank you. But I just want to tell all you Packer fans, my Dallas Cowboys are going to be good this year for once, so oh, give us Cowboys some glory, huh? The Cowboys, you know what, Jason? I, I'm not going to cheer for the Cowboys because I can't. And I'm sure you understand that. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're, we're understand rivals. That. But I, I will tell you that this Cowboys team is the least hateable team I've watched. Like, I'm not actively cheering for them to lose. Oh. Not cheering for them to win. But it's like, hey, you know what? I like Dak. I, I could, all nice. right. If somebody's nice. going to lead the Cowboys to wins, I can, all right. I can get behind that. Got to respect that, Grant. Yeah. Okay. Well, look at us. 
Good stuff, man. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to tell you you had a great rant there, and uh, <laughs> you're doing a great job. Keep it up, Grant. Thank awesome. You. Thank you, Jason. Enjoy the game tonight. I swear to God, when I saw the phone ringing, I'm like, oh, no. Someone knows the Watts. Someone were their neighbors. They did something. I'm like, oh, God. But whatever. I got to own that if I'm going to put it out on live radio. Uh, the texts. Breacher says, I can't stand that dude either. Uh, Duck and Holman says, uh, oh, this isn't a J.J. Watt. It's, it's, are, uh, you guys, you can't say obscene things like, I can't read this on the radio. Like, it's kind of funny, but I can't, you, I can't, I can't read the stuff on the air. So, like, that's funny. But now when I go to read it and I expect to have content to, to, to say, and then it's inappropriate and I can't read it, now it just mucks up the show and it knocks it off the rails. You see what you're doing? Talking to you, Breacher. Talking to you, Duck. Like, what do you want me to do? Ha, 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 that's funny. You made a, a reference and a joke about women's anatomy. I can't, I can't read that, but thank you for listening and texting. 608-796-2558. Aaron tweets in, J.J. Watt. Oh, you added him. Great. Okay, good. Uh, he's just scared to play the Packers. That's why he somehow just got hurt just in time for tonight's game. What is, What was the injury list of the torn labrum, torn bicep, dislocated shoulder? Yeah, convenient, right? That just happened. To... <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Does JJ, I'm going to look at his Twitter. I don't follow him. I have. I see plenty of his tweets on any TV show or any live broadcast ever that I watch because it always shows up on the ticker. Like, I'll be watching Dancing with the Stars, right? And then they'll put up on the bottom, JJ, JJ Watt tweeted, wow, what a performance. It's like, dude, go away. I don't, don't want to hear from you. Okay, he doesn't tweet very often. He's not like Kevin Durant where he's arguing with people. Yeah, I don't think he's going to hop in our mentions. He seems to be very professional. Okay, so good. But thank you for adding him and putting us on a on a thread together. <laughs> Kenny says, uh, can't spell Grant without rant. That's why we love you. Okay, well, I just harbor up all of this anger. And I think if I didn't have the show, I'd explode. I can't stand J.J. Watt. I can't stand Russell Wilson. You know what? I don't like T.J. Watt either. There's one badger in the NFL that I love, and it's Jonathan Taylor. We are a Jonathan Taylor show. Stud. He's so good. And Badger fans know that. And I still, I don't know if we all appreciate how good of an NFL running back he is. Because we're used to, you know, other Wisconsin running backs who go into the NFL and maybe they underperform. or They're not, they're not stars like they were in college. Like Melvin Gordon, really good running back. But not the superstar who was that much better than everyone else when he's in college. You can talk about Monte Ball. or Hey, I'm a John Clay guy, too. I love John Clay. Was never really going to be a superstar in the NFL. Jonathan Taylor is a superstar. We need to show him more love. We need to talk more about him and less about J.J. Watt, although he did change the culture. <laughs> all someone had to do was play through an injury, and uh, all those players in Arizona were so inspired because Chandler Jones has never played on a contending team before. The only one who knows how to contend is J.J. Watt. And by that, I mean play on a team that is quarterbacked by Tom Savage and contend in the first round. They're the inaugural lose on Saturday in the AFC wildcard game. Yeah, J.J. Watt would know a thing or two about winning. Let's hear from Matt LaFleur uh, before I say something I'm going to regret. Uh, what are the logistics like defensively? How's this going to work without Joe Barry? Yeah, so Jerry, Jerry will call it. Um, and certainly it's, it's still going to be a collective effort from all the guys. We've got a lot of confidence in our defensive staff. And KO will communicate the call to Dre out on the field, and um, that's how we'll roll. So so Jerry Gray's going to call the plays, and then they'll be relayed through Kirk Olivadotti. Is that normally 
it seems like there, it's problematic. And I'm no expert here on the logistics of an NFL sideline or just a football sideline in general. I've never played football, but that seems it seems like a game of telephone where things could maybe go wrong. I don't know. I feel like Matt LaFleur would probably know a little bit more than me. Uh, MVS's status. He was officially uh, today. We figured he would be out, but it was made official today. Here's Matt LaFleur. Yeah, he's, he's getting better and better, and he's running every day. Uh, he's working hard to be back out there, and it's just going to be a matter of uh, where he is on game day. So not in today. It's good to know that he's running. They're just taking it slow with him with a hammy, I understand. They're not going to risk it in an October game. Finally, Malik Taylor. Uh, is he going to do anything tonight? Is there a plan for him? Well, potentially. Uh, oh, you know, we're, we're trying to ramp him up, and we'll see where he's at. But uh, you're right. He hasn't, he hasn't been around for a while, and we just got to see where he's at. Certainly, we, we never want to put anybody in a position where they, they could, uh, you know, further endanger themselves um, or, you know, put their self at, at a higher risk than um, any other time they go out on the field. So I know he's, he's doing everything in his power to, to get out there, and there's a ramp up for that. But uh, we'll see where he's at. Malik Taylor been on the COVID list for a couple of weeks. I think we kind of forgot about that. I hope he plays tonight, and I hope he gets some chances to go with the ball. Because in the preseason, when he was the guy and he had to make plays, he played with this edge. He didn't really say no. He just went and got the ball. He was aggressive. I like Malik Taylor. I hope we get to see a little bit of him tonight. Let's take a break, get an update from Mike Clements, and we'll hear just a little bit more from Matt LaFleur. Talk a little bit more about the Packers and the Cardinals coming up next before we break at 5 o'clock. It's the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, here's Mike Clemens. It's the Packers and the Cardinals. Tonight from Arizona, kickoff at 720. Although the Cardinals' offense has drawn a lot of attention, their defense is one of the best in the NFL, allowing an average of only 16 points a game. Aaron Rodgers. I think the scheme is just a little different. You know, they do a number of different things. Roll through calls, different coverages. So how will he match their bag of tricks? Well, they got to get ready for our bag of tricks, too. You know, we got plenty of things in the offense. We worked through a heavier plan last week, knowing that we're playing two games in five days. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. You know, it will be a great challenge for us. We're going against the best team in ball, 7-0 and at their place. Primetime game. I'm sure that place will be rocking. At just 24 years old, Kyler Murray is the hottest quarterback in the NFC, and in his third season seems to be more patient. Packers linebacker Devondre Campbell. Playing against him uh, from his rookie year to playing with him last year, just being able to see him take that step of confidence and just being patient with himself and everybody Around him. Kyler Murray asked if Aaron Rodgers ranks as one of his favorite quarterbacks to follow. Yeah, he's up there. I mean, he's uh, he's probably my my favorite. Yeah, probably probably one of my favorite quarterbacks. I mean, to watch just you know his swag, uh, the way he plays the game, you know what he's done in you know, his career. He's definitely, you know, I, I admire his game a lot, you know, so first time playing against him, first time, you know, probably be able to meet him. Uh, it's pretty cool. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Best Packers coverage. We'll do some more reporting live with us at 5.30. Kind of a final check-in before kickoff. We just need to, we need to start this game. We've done this a million different times, a million different ways. Let's just, let's go. Let's light this candle. Yeah, they're without wide receivers, and yeah, this and that. Let's, let's go. I'm ready. 
608-796-2558 is the talk and text line. Uh, I apologize, Kelly. I appreciate your text. I called you Kenny. I apologize. I'm going to capitalize the L's on the computers to not make that mistake again. Uh, here's a text from... Don't have the name saved. Scrolling up. I don't have a name, so anonymous text. Uh, says, thank you for saying that. Uh, the way it is with J.J. Watt. Always knows when the camera is on him and feels like he needs to put on a special show. Yeah. What's with him? He, yeah. Yeah. He's always looking for attention. Like, you'd think he's a radio host or something. Always needs to be talking and be center of it. <laughs> center of attention. Uh, thank you for the text. You can tweet me as well, at Wisco Grant, as Aaron has done. And Aaron was also nice enough to tag J.J. Watt, just, just in case. Uh, although J.J. Watt will probably, J.J., I guarantee he'll be tweeting during the game tonight. And I guarantee he'll tweet, if the, if the Cardinals are winning and they're, it's celebratory, his tweet will be put on the screen or on the broadcast or something. Like, it, will be, it will be shown tonight. Absolutely 100%. I'd bet a handsome amount of money on it. By the way, I know we were talking about some prop bets, and I had a listener who's a buddy of mine text in. He's like, what were those numbers again? So these lines might have changed. But two props that I was really intrigued by because at this point, you're not going to bet the Cardinals to cover the six and a half. Although, a good rule of thumb, if you think one team has the better quarterback and that quarterback is getting points, I, I really like that as a betting proposition, just as a rule of thumb. If you believe Aaron Rodgers to be the better quarterback, which I do, he's getting six and a half points. So maybe that's a bet worth placing. I really like Mercedes Lewis over under one and a half catches. I was texting with this buddy who found it at like minus 220. I have it at minus 145. Uh, another fun one is Aaron Rodgers to rush for over 12 and a half yards or 11 and a half yards. And that's basically equal juice both sides. Juice. Tripping on my words. It's basically the same over under. So you're not laying too much money. You're not getting burned by the odds for going over 11 and a half. I'll take that all day long. Aaron Rodgers loves running. I hate it. But if he's going to do it, I might as well make some money off of it. 11 and a half seems like a pretty solid chance at an over tonight, given that everyone is hurt. Let's get an update from Zach Heilprin, and then we're going to talk more about the Packers Cardinals coming up next. Just got- 